The thing that kept coming up over and over again was that I wanted to have my own business. And I realised that was a really strong feeling from when I was younger. I just always imagined working for myself. I couldn't quite, I guess, articulate that, but that mm-hmm. was definitely in my subconscious. I just knew I would work for myself. Yeah. Um, and so I took a little bit of time off after I resigned. It was my 40th birthday present to myself. I resigned and I had the support Amazing. of my husband and my family. Um, and in that time, I actually launched four businesses. Welcome to Retreat Yourself Radio. I'm your host, Kate Williams. I'm a personal trainer, certified health coach, and founder of Retreat Yourself. If you're looking for a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life, then you've come to the right place. Each week, I'll be diving deep into what it means to live a life well-lived, holding thought-provoking conversations with some of the world's most inspiring people, leaving you with actionable tips, tools, and takeaways so that you too can lead a life well-lived. So grab a cuppa, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time to begin your journey to your most incredible life. Hello, everybody. I hope you're all very well. I am super excited. I had my wedding at the weekend, so I'm on absolute cloud nine at the moment. It was amazing. Just so awesome having all of my friends and family in one place and I'm just over the moon. The reason I mentioned that is because like I've mentioned in my last couple of podcasts, I'm going away tomorrow for a month. So what that means is that I won't be releasing any new podcasts for the next four weeks. The next one will be on April the 1st. So in that time, if you want to follow along the journey on Instagram, you can follow retreat yourself underscore radio. And my personal Instagram is there as well if you wanted to follow along my honeymoon. So just thought I'd mention that, but getting into today's podcast, I, after speaking to this person, I genuinely feel like there is nothing I can't do. And that's all thanks to Kim Pierce. If you don't know who Kim is, she is the founder and director of Babe Australia. So those of you guys who are Retreat Yourself subscribers, you'll be very familiar with Babe. We have partnered with them quite a few times as we absolutely love their stuff. And for those of you who don't know Babe Australia, they are a bath, body and home brand and they make some incredibly beautiful products that they sell globally. They're seriously amazing. (laughs) Kim's journey to Babe is one that is so unique. After having worked her way up the corporate ladder, she decided to listen to her gut instinct and took a leap of faith into the world of starting her own business. As you'll hear in this episode, she actually trials a few different things and it's really interesting. With the support of her family, she proved that no matter where you're at in life, so whether you're 20 years old or whether you're 40 years old like Kim was, you can achieve your goals as long as you believe in your abilities. I really hope that you guys enjoy today's episode. I'm sure you'll get a lot out of it. And please remember to tag us online with where you're listening from. It really makes me super excited to see that you're enjoying it and to see where you're listening from. Thank you so much, guys, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Retreat Yourself Radio. Thank you, Kate. (laughs) So excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I was just saying for you guys listening, I was just saying to Kim that this is the most awkward part, having to introduce at the start, because we've already been talking for at least half an hour. So I know, we feel like we've already had all this time together and now we're 
starting fresh. Go over it again. (laughs) So I always like to start my podcast by asking a question that kind of humanizes you. I think a lot of the people that come on the podcast are successful in one way or another. So to a listener, it might seem kind of um, intimidating or a little bit out of reach. So I always like to ask a question that makes you seem very human. And today I'm going to ask you about your most embarrassing moment. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Right. Well, that's an easy one. I think for all of us, some of those moments are when we're really little for some reason. I think we're Mm. so shy when we're little and when something happens, we're just dying on the inside but this was really bad um I was at a new school in Manly I was probably in year two and they had a mufti day or a dress-up day where you could wear casual clothes Mm -hmm. but I hadn't come across that before and all of my friends are saying oh it's going to be so exciting tomorrow we get to you know dress up so to speak and I said oh what are we all going as I thought it was a dress up and they all (laughs) totally bought into that and they're like oh we're going as this we're going as that and I said excellent I'm going to go as a clown and I went home that night and I said to mum I need a clown costume and so we found all this stuff in the cupboards and we put red lipstick on my cheeks and I looked really really fun like a clown and I showed up to school and of course Everybody was just in their regular clothes, not their school uniform. Are you still friends with those people? Well, I mean, (laughs) wanting to die. I honestly brushed myself off. I think that's why I'm so tough, actually, probably from that moment. But Uh, mum was good enough and she brought – I think the school called her on the landline and she brought down a change of clothes for recess. But, yeah. Probably that would be it. Wow. A bit yeah. uncomfortable. I feel like that is something that would travel with you for the rest of your life. Probably, <laughs> Probably scarred. Uh, yeah, I think we all have embarrassing moments from being kids. I just, It just sticks with you, doesn't it? Sure. <laughs> and, I mean, being little, you just don't know your way around the world. So you're just listening to what other people are telling yeah. you. Oh. So cute. So in the intro for this podcast, I've explained you and what you do um, and, you know, what you're about. However, I always think it's really interesting to hear from the person themselves about, about what they do. I may have missed something and it's always interesting to hear your perspective on what you do. So can you explain a little bit about who you are and what you do in your own words? Sure. So um, I really just liken my job to in the trench retail warfare. I just feel like <laughs> I have a dagger in one hand and I'm digging through the chaos that is retail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I put a light spin on it. But essentially, um, as the owner of Babe Australia, my job is to develop products that make people feel good mm. and get them out into the market. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, entails a, a massive lot of processes from product development all the way through to working with our team and, and executing everything that we're doing. Yeah. So, um, I that's my work life, and then layer on top of that, um, I'm a mother and I have three gorgeous children, oh, so nice. which is a full time job, yes, <laughs> um, as all the mums know. And a big part of my life too is being a wife. I have a very special relationship with my husband, and that's something that I nurture probably as much as nurture my relationship with my children and with the business. Mm. So 
there's a few moving parts there. Yeah. Um, I've always kind of identified myself through my work to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so having Babe as a brand and building it over the years is is feels really good and, it, and it's a really proud moment. But yeah. um, it is tough out there and that's why I have that analogy about, you know, fighting in the trenches <laughs> because anybody in retail or anybody with a brand would understand Absolutely. that, yeah. um, you know, it is really tricky. Yeah. And you've recently, your partner's come on board with you Yes. So um, we had worked together previously, even though we were married um, when we were working in management consultants. So we we had worked together so we understood what that was like, that Mm -hmm. dynamic, and we're able to get along really well. I often say if I was to be shipped off to a desert island and I had to take one person, it would be him. Yeah, yeah, that's Um, so nice. Yeah, You know, because uh, we get along really well. But working together is a different thing altogether and we do that really well. Mm. So he joined the business full-time, I want to say it's now three years ago, um, which has been great, a great help. He's um, an analyst, so he basically has taken over operations he also does other stuff on the side of that as well so he's got his fingers in a lot of things yeah that's amazing and also what you're saying before about prioritizing your relationship I think that's so important I think a lot of people when they've got their work life and also their kids they forget to prioritize their relationship so it's incredible that you're able to work together and have a beautiful um, romantic relationship as well yeah it's really important to me um, you know we do get along really well which which makes it really easy um, um, he makes me laugh, but he's also my number one supporter. And it is tough being in business and mm-hmm. it's tough being a mother. Um, either one of those things in isolation is super tough. So to have somebody there by your side supporting you all the time is, you know, it. I wouldn't be able to do it without him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's important. We often will take a weekend away together or do a trip alone together and um, – just all of those little things. Friday night drinks we will always have at home together oh, just to perfect. celebrate our wins during yeah. the week. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it is important. Yeah, nice. I think I read somewhere that you were born in South Africa. Is that right? And then you moved to Australia when you were young. Mm. What was that like? <laughs> well, my um, father worked as an electrician in the mines mm-hmm. in South Africa and Zimbabwe. So that's where he met my mother. He was surfing in South Africa at the time on vacay and hooked up with her on a blind date, which is a really cute oh, story. that's awesome. Yeah, and she was South African and he is Aussie. Um, but, you know, South Africa is a really intense place and mm. any South African listening to this will understand it's a real commitment to live there and it's yeah. the most beautiful country. South Africa puts a little mark on you like an invisible tattoo. It's yeah. special. Um, all of Africa is like that and it really makes an impact when you visit it. But living there is a real commitment mm-hmm. um, and certainly during apartheid, uh, it, it wasn't the kind of place where my dad really wanted wanted us to be, yeah, not those of sorts of values yeah. for us. So moving back to Australia, I was really, really young um, and, and what that was like I don't really recall because I was probably only about five or six but it was pretty much the start of a journey where we moved around Australia and so that really has given me, I guess, um, experience getting to know people in a different way in a different city and moving around has been a really healthy thing and something we've done with our own children. Yeah, I think it is a really healthy thing. I think for for – I remember when I was younger it was kind of looked – not frowned upon, but, you know, you're moving around all the time. It's unsettling for your kids. But I feel like it 
gives you so much experience and makes you so adaptable to change and new situations. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And a lot of people to this day, you know, will say to us, oh, you know, you're, you're moving again. And we'll be like, yeah. And what about the children? What do they think? And mm. the first thing I say to that, it's not up to what the children think about mm-hmm. what I, decisions we make as adults mm-hmm. for our own lives. And the decisions we're making are based on what's going to be the best for them as of well. Course. Yeah. Um, and you can see that in my children, that they've got this robustness in terms of their sociability, I guess, the way they socialise with other people and their ability to adapt to situations which are super uncomfortable, mm-hmm. Like going to a new school or putting yourself out there. So, um, yeah, I think it's been great to to move around with the family and, and bring the children up in the same way. Yeah, that's amazing. And your career background, I'm a massive believer as well that your careers can really like change your, your career choices can really change your life and the, the path of your life. I know that you've had a few different roles in the past that were quite different to to babe and what you're doing now. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Mm, uh, Look, I think that's a really valid point. So I have had such a diverse um, working life. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, you know, I started working when I was 14 um, and probably was always entrepreneurial, washing people's cars in the local car park for two bucks a a throw. Back then that was a bit of money. I could (laughs) hire a DVD for $2. Um, But uh, I started working just, you know, as a young girl in retail, but um, I worked in hospitality and I absolutely loved hospitality. And I worked my way up through hotels on front desk and all the way through to special event management, which was a really, really exciting career getting to design special events for people, you know, on, on a sandy key in the, in, in the islands and the barrier reef or oh, in the rainforest and yeah. just, you know, bumping in all of this entertainment and special effects. And it was really, really great learning ground um, for life in general, hospitality, because you've got to really juggle a lot of balls and be on the lookout all of time mm-hmm. for what clients need yeah. um, and what, what staff needs as well. Um, but essentially, I liken hospitality very much to project management really Mm. at the level that I was working at it it was project management Um, and then I re-educated midway through my life and I just um, actually ended up working in corporate um, as a management consultant um, in oil and gas and mining and and heavy resources um, which was really interesting but essentially again even though I was an analyst I was around really large projects and the delivery Mm. and um, development of projects and realistically, BAVE is the same thing. It's a large yeah. project mm-hmm. um, and I feel like that was really great training yeah. for that. Yeah, so, absolutely. So um, when I'm hiring now, if I see somebody that's worked in hospitality, that's a big tick for me because mm-hmm. I know that they can handle themselves. Yeah. I've yeah. never really thought about that, about hospitality. I've worked in hospo multiple times and it is incredibly, it is a challenging uh, job to to work in like Absolutely. I don't think that people in hospital get enough credit like working as a waitress and you're juggling all of these different things and you're having to look out for what's going on and yeah it's it is really full-on isn't it mm, it's an excellent training ground so anybody out there that's looking to hire staff I reckon grab those guys if you can get them yeah yeah mm. really good point and so with the you know you're working in corporate how did you transition into to babe what and yeah how did that all come about well, essentially, I was heading up to my 40th birthday mm-hmm. 
and I was really enjoying the role I worked in. It was, you know, from the outside, it was really sexy. I was on a plane every six weeks. It was business class flights, working with really cool teams. That is incredibly exhausting and tiring, especially with young children. Um, And I started working on a a different arm within that role, um, helping them build a side educational business, which started to grow really rapidly. And I wanted to transition out of the initial role I was doing and just take that educational um, full time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I gave them a year to make a decision. And I kept growing that business while balancing the other role, as you do. And had your kids. Yeah, How old were your kids at the time? Um, So the little one would have been um, two or three. Wow. And then the others would have been 12 and one of them nine. Wow. Um, So... I was balancing all of this stuff and I, and I wanted to stay in the organisation, but um, I was really clear coming up to 40 what I wanted for my life. Mm. I knew that I wanted to really be the master of my own destiny at that point. Mm-hmm. I just reached this stage where I wanted to take control of where I was putting my time. That, was, yeah. that became really important for me at 40 for mm-hmm. some reason. Yeah. Um, and so I gave this firm enough time to think about whether or not they were serious about that role and um, after 12 months they were, you know, they declined on that and mm-hmm. so I was like, that's okay, no worries, that is a natural break for me. Mm-hmm. And so at the time I was doing some profiling with a, um, a vocational counsellor who was just helping me kind of figure out what my interests were. And the thing that kept coming up over and over again was that I wanted to have my own business. And I realised that was a really strong feeling from when I was younger. I just always imagined working for myself. I couldn't quite, I guess, articulate that, but that mm-hmm. was definitely in my subconscious. I just knew I would work for myself. Yeah. Um, and so I took a little bit of time off after I resigned, it was my 40th birthday present to myself. I resigned and I had the support Amazing. of my husband and my family. Um, and in that time, I actually launched four businesses. Wow. And I just put two products to the market yeah. and I developed two apps. Um, and so it was kind of about 12 months in total, that period of time. Um, and the apps were really interesting and they were really smart. And, uh, you know, it was really exciting and I really am proud of what the apps did, but that is a tough game yes, when you're definitely. selling something for 50 cents a pop mm-hmm. um, and the development takes, you know, 12 months um, of tech and you've got to, you know, keep adjusting. Mm. It's a really tough world and I wasn't bankrolled by any investors. We were purely putting our own savings into wow. the business. Um, and then the two products, one was an organic tea and that went gangbusters which Mm. was great and so did babe babe went really well as well and i had to choose which one i would put my attention to and the reason that i launched babe was because i'd always been interested in essential oils i'd always used essential oils and i love fragrancing as well and so i was always playing in the background with my own bathing products i love bathing i grew up in a house when my parents bathed every Friday night yeah. with like their drinks and they would have a big bubble bath <laughs> oh, and amazing. I grew up seeing that. Yeah. So, um, you know, bath and body was was a part of my life and just kind of was part of a foundation, I guess, that yeah. was there. Yeah. Um, and the organic tea, I, I'm a big tea drinker. So yeah. um, that's, that's how those ideas came about. That's amazing. And for businesses, 
That's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot, yeah. yeah I'm was a it, multitasker. Yeah, I can I People can say, say that. People say that you can't do multitasking, but I, I don't know. Some of and us, you had your three kids. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. And so was the purpose of the four businesses to test out what would stick? Absolutely right. So mm-hmm. I, th- I always say I threw them at the wall and see what stuck. Mm-hmm. Two sucked and yeah. two stuck. Yeah. So it was a matter of choosing then. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would get to the age of 40 and – probably feel like they need to stick in their profession or you know it's a time where I I think taking a big risk like that is kind of uncomfortable for a lot of people so how do you think you found the like courage to just step out and do that that's an an amazing thing to have done yeah I actually do get asked that question quite a bit I guess personally for me I didn't feel like it was going to be a massive risk because i I 100% back myself. Mm. I just know that if it has to come down to me sorting out a problem, I, I know that I can handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and you need to know that before you go into business because you're faced with some pretty hairy things. And yeah. at the start, you know, the problems are as scary as the problems five years in. It's just that the monetary value of the mistakes hurts a little bit more mm-hmm. um, and the wins as well they're, they're a lot more juicy five mm-hmm. years in yeah. but um, I guess it just came down to I, I, I do have a very big belief in my ability um, and I know that if you know all hell is to break loose I'd, I'd want to be I'd want men next to me <laughs> yes yeah so without yeah. sounding arrogant, I just, you know, it is a big part of having self-worth and self-belief and I have that. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think a huge part of starting your own business or making a decision to change career paths comes down to that that belief that you're being supported and you will be supported through all of the decisions. So it's just, yeah, totally an integral part of it. And Babe has obviously done really well. So we've recently featured you in our summer box and we've actually worked with you a few times now, which has been amazing. We love your products. They're so good. Thank you. We know that the products are so good, but from a market perspective, what do you think sets you apart? What do you think has been part of your success? Mm. Look, it's a really good question. I guess at the end of the day, the products um, in the marketplace are all so similar and the market is so flooded mm. with both existing products in the same category and new innovation, which is super exciting. And what sets us apart, I guess, that if you just say that all products you know, are very, very similar is that a big part of what we do is about the way we want our customers to feel. Mm. So I feel like we focus on a feeling rather than the way people look. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, we've tried to kind of, you know, stick to that from the start. Um, We trust how we manufacture our products. So we manufacture everything in Australia. And so the whole process line from packaging, um, you know, formulation through to where the ingredients are actually put together we stand by that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that resonates with our customers, especially our overseas customers. Yeah. Um, they know that the products have been made in a country where the manufacturing standards are the best in the world. Um, they know that we're following process. And on top of that, you layer, you know, great manufacturing practices with, with quality ingredients inside. And um, we also, our customer service is really important to us. So we like to focus on 
you know, there's a lot of mistakes that happen out there that are mm-hmm. outside of our control. Yeah. We'll often get an email from a customer saying, this package just didn't arrive. And once it leaves our warehouse, we're kind of, you know, we can't do anything about that. But what we can do is make sure that the experience that they have with us is handled. And so we will always write back to our customers and, and kind of handhold the whole way through if there's any problems at all. And they really appreciate that. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of businesses don't <laughs> don't kind of take responsibility for that. Even though it's out of your hands when the postie has the package, it's still... They've, they've bought from you, so they're mm. going to associate that experience with your brand. So, yeah, it's really refreshing to hear that you do that because lots of businesses, I don't think, take that no. take that approach. And I think the thing is, for our brand, we cannot compete on price. Mm. We, you know, we didn't go into the marketplace to be the cheapest of something. Um, we went out in the marketplace to provide beautiful feeling products that um, you love using that are packaged really nicely. Um, and unfortunately, because we do make it in Australia, we don't off, do it offshore, it, it is expensive to buy our range. Yeah. Um, and so when you are going to pay $24 for a hand soap, then you want to make sure that if something happens to that, when you ask a customer, you know, when a customer comes to you and asks you where it is that you're responding to that. Yeah, absolutely. Taking care of them. Yeah. Mm. And you're stocked in a lot of big players in the US, I believe. Which is amazing. What do you reckon is your biggest achievement so far with all of that? Oh, such a good question. I guess um, when we first started, um, I really wasn't sure how we were going to tackle export. I knew that we wanted to export and all the advice we received from Australia was to just focus on our own patch first, grow our own patch and then go overseas. Um, We got direct advice from... Um, Austrade itself, do not export, you know, think about it and in five years' time see how you go. Um, And I was just not taking that. Mm. Um, I just think that there's so much opportunity outside of Australia as well. Um, And so we just put everything into working overseas and specifically in the US. And I guess um, that has been our biggest achievement is that we have not only been working with some of the industry's best retailers like Anthropology and the Urban Outfit Group. Um, You know, we've worked in Sephora in the US for a while um, and we're we're working in Bloomingdale's, is that we still have accounts like Bloomingdale's under our belt after, you know, so many years. And and they're really special accounts and and that's because we're able to nurture the relationship ourselves. Yeah, of course, of course. And you have a beautiful product that sells. (sighs) Absolutely. It's amazing. And you have so much going on and you've got your family. And I really wanted to talk a little bit about that. I think... A lot of women, especially, you know, your age, my age, we're either thinking about having a family or you do have a family and I think it's really easy to, your identity becomes wrapped up in your children's lives and that kind of becomes who you are. And I think a lot of women have difficulty, you know, identifying who they are and what they're doing with their life and keeping that separate to their their, work, uh, their children and their family life. Seems like you've really got that nailed. Mm. <laughs> How do you balance all of that? Yeah, well, so firstly, I definitely don't have anything nailed, um, 100%. You know, it's kind of day by day being a parent because you just do not know what is going to uh, get thrown up in your face on that day. But I am a believer that, you know, 
with the family unit, whether it's however that is made up, whether you're a single mum, because that I, I have been a single mum, I know what that is like. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're partnered, um, whether you have your grandparents living with you, and there's you know four or five of you to share the load. So long as that family unit is living in love, and um, you know there's some stability there in terms of people's wellness, and and people are feeling good at home, then. I think that you're able to then allow yourself to have a life outside of children. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really important. But, you know, we, as mums, we all go through different times and sometimes our lives, you know, are trickier than other times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's really important to keep doing the things that you love doing as much as you can. And, for example, for me, um, you know, I've been practising yoga for, for over 20 years and... When the children were little, I, I couldn't get down to my local yogi, although there wasn't many local yoga studios like there is now. Um, and so just bringing that practice home mm. and, and doing it in the morning. And, and for me, I've got, you know, a pretty um, – and it does change my routine, but I, I commit to the routine I set for myself so that I can get that time. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so, yeah, I think that we shouldn't apologise for wanting to have a life outside of being a mum mm-hmm. it's really important and we'll often have take a sneaky weekend away or even go away on a vacation and, and not take the children if we can organize it mm-hmm. um and and get someone from the family to help out because you know reconnecting with yourself or with your partner and and trying to have your own interests outside of being a mum I think also teaches the children that um you know you're not only there at their beck and call that you've got your own life as well yeah absolutely uh, but it's it is a bit of a juggling game definitely yeah, but I, think, I yeah, yeah sorry go ahead no no I was just gonna say I think a, a lot of women and mums struggle with the guilt I suppose absolutely you know when your your focus is put on something other than your children have you experienced that yourself I look I think that guilt is a thing that mothers just face from day one mm. it is it is a really big um, emotion and a lot of people say that guilt's a useless emotion so you should discard it um, but you know it is good to try and pack that up in a little box every now and then and you know do something for yourself I think it's really important but it, it we, but we all battle with guilt yeah being, being parents absolutely right and and invariably you know you do take that dinner out um, and the, that's the night they decided to start vomiting everywhere. And then, you know, <laughs> come back that year, you're like, why did this happen? Um, but, yeah, motherhood guilt, it's real. Um, but, you know, it's just about trying to get on top of that. You know, as um, one of my favourite yogis says to me, your mind is like a puppy. And so you just got to train it, rein it in and, and know that everything's going to be all right. Yeah, because you, you can't just discard an emotion that you're feeling, I suppose. It's no. just doing the best you can and constantly reminding yourself that you're doing the best you can. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For any mums that are listening, we have lots of mums in our community and lots of mums that listen to um, the podcast, do you have any advice for someone who is wanting to try something new or um, maybe change career path and they've got their kids that they're de- that is depending on them as well. Do you have any advice for them or pieces of insight that you could offer? Sure. Well, what I would say is, um, you know, uh, we only ever take action to change our lives when that itch just grows so strong that you just know. Mm. But that's it now. 
I'm ready to get that part-time job or, you know, I'm going to start doing yoga down the road, whatever it is. But I would say try not to put the pressure on of trying to achieve it all at once. Yes. You know, it's just life is just one step at a time and it's all of these little tiny moments that add up that make the path to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And I think that as a mother, it's really easy to say, these are all of the things I need to get done. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen by 12 o'clock tomorrow, um, I'm not winning. Yeah. It can be overwhelming. There's so yeah, many things to do right. all of the time. And, and that to-do list never goes away. Yeah. Even if you were to work 13 hours, you know, before breakfast, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. So that's what I would say is just one step at a time. But, you know, just know that you know, you know when you're ready. You'll yeah. know that feeling. Yeah, I'm ready to do that. I want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people get like change paralysis or, you know, it's like you want to take a step but there's just such a big – you look at the bigger picture and there's so many things to do that it's hard to even take that first step. So I love that piece of advice. I think that's really awesome. Mm. So at Retreat Yourself, as you would know, because you've worked with us so many times, we're very much about um, wellness being the, the greater picture of your life, which I think very much um, aligns with what you're about as well. It's not just the food that you eat and the exercise that you do. It's how you feel on a day-to-day basis. It's really the way that you experience the world every day. Mm-hmm. I always like to, to end the podcast by talking about each of our 10 pillars that we have because um, we've really built it on a, a number of things that really hold up your, your health and your happiness. So I always like to get a piece of advice um, or tip from each person I interview just around what they think in each area. I think for a listener, every person that I interview might have a different story or a different background or different ideas about the world. So it's nice to hear everybody's different opinions. So I'm going to start with mind. For me, I always say this, mind is the most important uh, pillar of health and well-being. I think it's really what drives your decisions in every area of your life. It's how you manage your stress and all of that kind of thing. So I'd like to ask you, obviously, with a successful business and with a busy home life, you've got three kids and a husband that you, you nurture your relationship, how do you manage your stress with all of that? Because obviously there are stressful times mm. that come up. Mm. How do you manage your stress? That's a great question. Um, I really believe in practising meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, sometimes things get so hectic that you cannot fit in. Yeah. You, you five minutes, 20 minutes, 45 minutes, hour, whatever it is. Um, but I know that when I start to feel really overwhelmed, that meditation for me has dropped off a bit, mm. and so I'll bring it back in. Yeah. Um, so I love the meditation, um, and I also find journaling really helpful for mind as mm. well. So the morning pages um, I do, and again, that's not something that I religiously do every single day because you know, I try and not be too hard on myself. Sometimes I can't get to things. Of course. You know, um, but I know when I need it because things start to feel a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, go back to basics. That's what my husband always says. Go back to basics. Yeah. Okay, right, meditation in the morning again. Yeah, yeah. And even the fact that you just said not being hard on yourself, like that's a massive thing because Mm. even the awareness that you've got around that as well because it's easy to be so hard on ourselves and that creates stress in itself. And, you know, I'm not meditating every day so I'm going to be hard on myself about it. It's like Mm. if you just eased off and did it when you can or did your morning pages when you can, 
then life would be a little bit less stressful. So can you explain what Morning Pages is as well? <laughs> yep. So the Morning Pages is just a um, the artist's way. Um, now that author has slipped my mind completely, but um, it's a book for creatives and it's just all about um, the idea is that you get all of the thoughts out of your head and onto paper in the morning um, and it really helps stimulate and nourish creativity yeah um so yeah i highly recommend i'm sorry i've forgotten that author's name momentarily but i highly recommend (laughs) reading it the artist's way and so she talks about the morning pages and so for me my own version of the morning pages kind of shifts over over the years um right now what i'm doing is um writing down things that i'm grateful for I'm doing a big spew of everything that comes to my head, um, old school morning pages style. Yeah. And um, I listened to a podcast um, last week um, from um, another another beauty brand founder and she speaks about writing your day. She's going through a kind of um, phase right now where she writes her day retrospectively. Yeah. So okay. in the morning she wakes up and when she writes her page, uh, her her journaling it's as if the day had happened and she talks about the way she's feeling as if they were a done done deed because Mm. the mind um, holds on to things that are familiar so I've started experimenting with that in the last week after um listening to that podcast on another show yeah 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 yeah. that's um it's so like looking at your day and basically telling your mind that what's that's what's going to happen. That's it, yeah. yeah. So that's been fun to try that in the last couple of weeks, or well, last week, yeah. Yeah, and how's it been going? Yeah, good. good. It's good, it's good. Yeah. It's funny, you, you know, you finish your day and you're like, yes, ticked all of those things off. Yeah. Uh, but it's just yeah. about, look, it's big. I'm a big believer in when things are super, super tough, the only way to get through really is to think about those things you, you're really grateful for. I've tried to always practice that mm-hmm. um, because it is tough being a mother. It, it is tough. Um having a career whether or not that's your own business um you know or not but while while having children and so when things are a bit hectic feeling grateful for the really small things is such a great way to get re-centered mm-hmm. um and so you know essentially the morning pages incorporate some of that as well is yeah. you know just noting what you're grateful for yeah especially in the world that we're constantly being throwing things that we need more than what we already have and it's easy to feel as though we don't have enough or we're inadequate you know things are inadequate so it's mm. yeah gratitude is there's so much strength to gratitude mm. I think it got the word has been thrown around a lot um but it is such a powerful practice such a powerful practice amazing so nutrition um how do you maintain your health while you're on the run good one um look i am not great at being disciplined with my nutrition i've got (laughs) to say um i've probably got a super fast metabolism which means that i probably never really had to worry too much about um you know downing 17 chocolates when I was younger Mm -hmm. um, in general but I try these days to eat as clean as possible so I like to have a little bit of apple cider vinegar in the morning to help um, with digestion I learned that when I was staying at Wingana one time Um, we like to juice at home even the children like to have raw juice 
Um, I'd say we just eat really clean at home. Yeah. Um, and on the run, it is tricky, but um, it's just the choices you make every day. And we try and do that thing where we're not really putting a heap of sugar in the fridge yeah. or, or the pantry. Yeah, um, just trying to maintain the balance, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, mate, I love a cupcake. Do not get me wrong. So. <laughs> they are pretty good. Yeah. Oh, what am I going to say to that? <laughs> Just need to make healthy cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah, Well, my husband is celiac, so I guess we were very, very, well, definitely zero gluten for him, but, yeah, a low-gluten house naturally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm. awesome. Uh, Movement. So do you have a fitness routine, and if so, how do you keep that while you're working and busy with all of the things that you do? Yeah, really good question. So my current fitness routine is to wake up in the morning, Um, I do my yoga myself, I do my meditation myself, and then I'll take the dogs for a walk on the beach Mm -hmm. and then come back, um, do my morning pages, and then in the afternoon I'll typically go for a walk along the beach. Um, We've just finished a huge household move where we sold one house and bought another, and that was hectic because we, yeah. you know you just add that other layer onto everything um so that was a real crunch in my routine but prior to that um I watched my daughter a couple of years ago at cross country and she ran 3k and she was in five or something and I got home that day and I was so ashamed I thought I bet you I couldn't run three kilometers <laughs> if I tried and so that was it. The next morning I woke up and I said, that's it, I'm going to start running. I need to get to three kilometres. So for a while there I was running every morning instead of the morning walk, three to five k's. Yeah. Um, and when that started to drop off last year, I started feeling really upset with myself and then I reconciled, it's okay, you can get back to running again when you need to. Yeah. So again, it was just reminding myself that, ah, I'll get back to that. Yeah, again. you'll get back to when, it. When we're settled, we've only been in the new house four and a half weeks so yeah and that's the thing like routine comes and it goes and that's right trying to stick to that routine even when you it's not the way that your life's flowing at the time causes more Mm. harm than just Mm. going with the flow yeah yeah I'm not much of a runner I can't I just can't identify with people that love running (laughs) just like just like ow (laughs) yeah it hurts hurts. oh yeah but I also I love a pump class as well and I and I can't wait um, to start back up with a new gym but that's what I find when I've got jet lag if I'm in the US for work um, that's the first thing I'll head downstairs to the gym and that seems to kind of help me go to sleep that night so yeah, yeah. amazing just moving totally just moving the body just moving the joints <laughs> love obviously you have you really prioritize your relationship with your husband what is something that you would do like what is a specific activity that you would do that kind of you prioritise that yeah, relationship. Yeah, that's a good one. Look, I love love um, and love marriage and feel so blessed that, you know, I've got such a beautiful relationship. Um, we uh, we prioritise each other. We pri- prioritise listening, checking in with each other um, and we, you know, like I grew up watching my parents have a bath once a week, we'll definitely have a bath together once a week and have our alone time. Don't let the children come in just to connect. Um, we'll, you know, have Friday night drinks together at home. Yeah, yeah you mentioned that. We'll do dinners. So yeah. we just prioritise spending time with each other. Yeah. Um, and that's in my love relationship. And then with my, you know, wider family, 
just always being there for them and and checking in on them and you know um supporting them when they need it is how I show my love for them yeah yeah um and for my children you know even more so yeah I love that you said listening because I think a lot Mm. of the time when you think about nurturing a relationship you think about going somewhere and doing something or you know but often it's just giving that person your undivided attention so Mm. that they know that you hear them Mm. And that can be a, a support enough. So important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, purpose. Obviously, we've talked a lot about that. But um, if somebody came to you and, you said, and they said they were trying to find their purpose, hmm. what is one piece of advice that you would give to them? Oh, this is a tricky one. Yeah. <laughs> and it, um, I think, you know, I think it's – I find purpose discussions a bit contentious because mm-hmm. I feel like – some of us don't really know what our purpose is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that I've felt that way for a long time and it's only probably in the last 10 years I've started to actually focus on that and do work around purpose that that's when it naturally reveals itself. There's, Mm. you know, exercises you can do to help you uncover this stuff, but I didn't know that. Everybody's talking about purpose and I'm like, yeah, I don't really have one of those. (laughs) Um, And so for me, purpose is definitely helping people reach their potential. Mm -hmm. I just really feel strongly about that and that comes very naturally for me to say that right now because it's part of who I am. But I wouldn't have known that kind of 15 years ago. I I, I probably was acting the same way I am now, but I wasn't able to articulate it. And so, um, you know, when when you say to me what's my advice around that is that if you feel like you think you're ready to explore what your purpose is, um, then, you know, there's plenty of exercises and stuff you can do that help you uncover that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, quizzes and, and that sort of thing. And it's kind of fun too. It gives a bit of meaning to everything. Absolutely. And that's why purpose is one of our pillars because I think having a purpose, whether it be work or what you do in your spare time or even your family, it gives you it gives meaning to life. I think it's really important to have something that you love to do or that's, you know, that, that's bigger than you really. And ultimately, like, you know, you've done so many different things in your life. You've changed paths so many times. And I think through all those changes, you probably got to know yourself more and more and more and know what kind of drives you and makes you tick. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the time, yeah, getting to know yourself and doing things like the quizzes that you mentioned online can really help you to dig a bit deeper and Mm -hmm. figure out. And I would, I guess I would say that I think that, you know, purpose is one of those powerful things that you don't just make up. You're not just mm. like, today is my purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that we all naturally are acting out and behaving and making decisions and living our purpose mm. for a very, very long time. Um, it's just that articulating that or really like nailing what it is, is, you know, kind of probably a a fun and interesting exercise to do. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So the next one is environment. So obviously Bay's products are certified cruelty-free, mm-hmm. which is suitable for vegans, um, which is awesome. Why is it so important for you to offer this in terms of the environment? Well, I, I mean, look, I, I'm a fisherman and a surfer's daughter yeah. I grew up on the coast yeah, yeah. and I you know I remember when my dad would go out fishing outside of northern New South Wales uh, you know we'd go I'd go on the boat with him and we'd go so far out into the ocean that you couldn't see land anymore it was mm-hmm. beyond the horizon and we'd see whales out there and sharks bigger than the boat and 
growing up on the ocean and just walking on the beach every day and seeing, you know, nature and being around nature, you just it just becomes part of who you are and it is so precious. And when the children were really young and I used to, and I still read with them now, but when they were super young I'd read stories to them without fail every single night. And often the themes in there were about sea animals or, or just, you know, the environment, animals in general in their environment. And I just had this feeling one day, I just felt so stressed out about, you know, is there a chance that my great-great-grandchildren will only be able to see these precious animals in books? And that, mm. you know, that really spooked me. I just, I guess... Growing up in a family that is living on the coast and being in a natural environment, you are aware of things. You are aware of your water usage. I you know, grew up, we were always told not to consume so much electricity, turn the lights off and stop, turn the tap off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think that that's how we grew up and I instill that in my own children. But that is so important to me personally that it naturally is important to the brand. Mm-hmm. And when you have a product um, based brand, you have to make decisions every single day that do impact the environment. And yeah. some things we can't avoid in our packaging. Um, but where we can, we always use packaging that can be recycled after it's being used, course, yeah. that are made from recycled materials at the start. And the little things that no one would ever see behind the scenes is that every scrap of paper that we use goes into a paper bin and every bit of cardboard we use goes into a cardboard bin and every bit of hard plastic that can't be recycled we use as filling in our boxes to send out to shippers. So yeah. it's just part of who we are. It's, yeah, it's very like important and it makes me... It gives us stress seeing things go in the bin that that shouldn't be there. So it's just part of our culture at work. Totally. I do share that. I feel like you need to share the behind the scenes of all of that with people. That's cool. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So good. (laughs) So last but not least is fun. We really, the Retreat Yourself environment, we love to have fun. Like it's one of our main priorities. I think when people think about wellness, they often skip the fun, fun part. It's like, oh, I've got to be healthy and well, like there's no mm. fun in that. But mm. all of it's fun if you make it. Make it. So I'd love to know what your favourite activity to go and have fun is. Uh, look, hands down it is anything to do with going somewhere with my husband. Yeah. Like I okay. just, we could actually have fun at a funeral, which sounds terrible, but, it, you know, the point is that doing something with the people I love is fun. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but personally for me, being on the beach on a towel with a book, well, yeah, that's, that is, I'm in heaven on that day. Mm-hmm. The sun is shining and, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing better than the beach. Just absolutely <laughs> heaven for yeah, me. Amazing. So, yeah, and, of course, you know, tra- travelling for me is super, super fun and but it's not something, you know, I can't just jump on a plane because I'm feeling like doing something fun. Yeah, so totally. I can get to the beach, that's great. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been so awesome chatting to you. Absolutely love what you've had to say and I'm sure so many people will just take so much insight from what you've offered. If the listeners are wanting to find you, where will they be able to find you? Sure, Kate. Um, well, firstly, thanks for having me. It has been so great meeting you. We've worked together for a couple of years now. Yeah, yeah. So finally putting a face to the name, it's just so nice. Yeah, awesome. um, They can find me through, I guess, the website, www.babeaustralia.com or the Instagram handle at Babe Australia or my personal Instagram handle at Kim Pierce. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll put those in the show notes as well. Great. Thank you so much. Welcome. <laughs>
my goodness. How amazing is Kim? I just love what she's done with Babe Australia. She has just become so successful in what she is doing. And she's a perfect example that you can change your path at any stage in life and still become successful. So I really hope you're all left feeling really inspired by her story. And I also hope that you've enjoyed listening to today's episode. As always, if you'd be happy to leave a review, that would be so amazing. Also, today is the last episode before I go away for four weeks. So the next episode will be going live on April the 1st. It's going to be amazing. So between now and then, I hope you guys are all very well. Remember to follow along at retreatyourself underscore radio on Instagram, or if you want to join the community, it's retreatyourselfcommunity on Facebook. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it and I'll catch you then. 